lost my plane. My... Stop! 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 Hold on, Mitchell. We'll get you out of here in a second. Ah, listen. What? Here. Gotta get that sub. What sub? Pacific Ocean Amusement Park? Oh my God, Wally, that's right next door to my parents' house. Kid, you gotta sing that song. Come on. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Nez back. East Society Podcast 12. Random Days of Christmas continues tonight. I am coming at you with the 1979 Steven Spielberg classic, 1941. December 1941, the California coast. The Japanese had just bombed Pearl Harbor. The nation's heroes were on the alert. Look, you guys, a Jap sub! The dummy's right. <laughs> California could be next. Where did I shoot that? I don't know! This is war. Oh, God. A country's honor was at stake. The lives of millions would be protected by a brave few. This is their story. Excuse us, ma'am. From the director of Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The most explosive comedy spectacular ever filmed. What the hell do you people think you're doing? Dan Aykroyd. Ned Beatty. John Belushi. Lorraine Gann. Murray Hammond, Christopher Lee, Tim Matheson, Toshiro Mifune, Warren Oates, Robert Stack, Treat Williams. I can assure you, there will be no bombs dropped here. Boy, that was fun! Universal Pictures and Columbia Pictures present an 18 production of a Steven Spielberg film. 1941. <laughs> After Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor, the re- residents of California descend into a wild panic, afraid that they might be the next target. Among them are Wild Bill Kelso, a crazed National Guard pilot, Sergeant Frank Tree, a patriotic uh, straight-laced tank crew commander, Ward Douglas, a civilian willing to help with the American war effort at any cost. And, and Ma, ooh, I'm sorry, I'm about to kill this, this name, <laughs> Ma, Maj Gen Joseph W. Stillwell, or Major, Major General Joseph W. Stillwell. I'm sorry, everyone, I thought it was a name at first because there's some Japanese characters in this. But anyway. Uh, who tries his hardest to maintain sanity amend the chaos. Um, I guess I should have read this before I read it. But anyway, that's how that's how we go do it over here. Um, again, this is directed by Steven Spielberg. This came out December 14th of 1979. 
Uh, oh, hold on. Let me go over to IMDb. Hysterical Californians prepare for a Japanese invasion in the days after Pearl Harbor. All right. This is written by Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gale, and John Millis. And this stars the late and great John Belushi as Captain Wild Bill Kelso. Dan Aykroyd, Treat Williams, um, Nancy Allen. Did Treat Williams pass? Oh, he did. Okay, he passed away this year. Uh, rest in peace. Um, Yeah, the beautiful Nancy Allen, the great Ned Beatty, uh, for you Superman fans. Um, Otis, the original Superman movie, not uh, this other stuff we've got. Anyway, the real Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve, rest in peace. Uh, Lorraine Gray, a Murray Hamilton, the Christopher Lee, Tim Matheson. Ooh, here we go with the Japanese name. Uh, Toshiro Mifu, Mifui. I think I can't pronounce that last name. Warren Oates, Robert Stack, a Lucille Benson, John Candy, Eddie Deason. Uh, Elsha Cook Jr., Bobby D. Chico, I think that's his last name. And there's some other people in this. Let me click on the full uh, cast. Uh, there's a lot of people in this film. Some guys were just in it for seconds, and then some guys were in it for a long time. The great John Candy, uh, Day- Diane Kay, uh, Perry Lang. Um, Frank McRae, for those of you that remember him, uh, Slim Pickens, uh, let me see who else is in this, oh, um, uh, Lenny and Squiggy, uh, Michael McKinn and David L. Lander, they're in it for like a second, but they're in it, uh, Don Kalfa, he's in it as well, and a bunch and bunch of people in this, this was like, a uh, huge all-star cast. I mean, if you've seen the film, even Mickey Rourke is in this for like a second. Um, I'm trying to ro- go down this list still. There's so many people that are in this. I guess James Conn was in this. I don't remember him in it, but all right. Hmm. Oh, yeah, Penny Marshall. Uh, she's in this. La- Laverne. <laughs> she was in this. She was uh, during, I think it was during the, the USO dance. She was there. But anyway, 1941, this happens, I believe, Christmas Eve, if I can remember right. Um, Let me go back a little. Um, I saw this film in the in the theater. My brother and I uh, went and seen it. Okay, okay, this is before Christmas on Saturday, December 13th, 1941 at 7.01 a.m. Okay, December seventh was when they uh, when the Japanese uh, attacked Pearl Harbor. Uh, six days after the attack on Pearl Harbor, an Imperial Japanese Navy submarine commanded by Akiro Matamura and carrying a Krang's Marine officer Wolfgang von Kleinschmidt. Uh, I believe that was Christopher Lee's character. He was a, a Nazi. Um, surfaces on the California coast. Um, waiting to destroy something, wanting to destroy something honorable in Los Angeles, uh, Matamura decides to target Hollywood, the last sailor to re-enter the, okay, 
Yeah, let me, let me stop there for a minute. All right. The beginning of this film, this is after Jaws, Steven Spielberg. I don't know if this was Steven Spielberg's uh, next film after Jaws. I can't remember exactly. Um, I'm not a... Hold on. S-P, Steven Spielberg. I want to say Jaws. He did this right after Jaws, but I could be wrong. Everyone, don't don't quote me. I don't know uh, that much of. I know a lot of. I've seen a lot of his films, but um, let me see. Okay, let me get the. Oh no! See, he did Jaws and Close Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Then. He did 1941, and right after this, he gave us Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then E.T., and so forth. But anyway, yeah, so this this begins like Jaws. I think they, they the actress that played Chrissy in the beginning of Jaws, she's in this. She kind of rolls up to uh, the beach, same kind of situation. She's by herself and gets naked, jumps into the, into the ocean, into the Pacific, and starts swimming. And then uh, I want to say the Jaws music did hit. I can't remember. I believe uh, John Williams did the score for this as well. Um, let me see. Yeah, John Williams. Uh, so she's swimming along, and then we kind of hear, and then all of a sudden there's all this bubbling, and she doesn't know uh, what's happening. All of a sudden this uh, periscope uh, comes up, and then she's hanging on to it. Ah! She goes screaming, and she's going up into the air, and all of a sudden this Japanese sub emerges from the water. Uh, there's subtitles in this because they're speaking Japanese as well as um, Christopher Lee's character speaking uh, German, I assume. So they're trying to figure out. They, got, they actually got lost. Uh, they were on their way to uh, Bomb Pearl Harbor with everybody, but then they got lost somewhere because their navigation system got all messed up. So they missed the whole attack. They didn't want to go back uh, to Japan without... Uh, doing to, uh, bombing something and and getting their honor or, or whatever, however that works. So they they kind of just all right. Well, we're gonna we'll figure out something. They're, again, they're not really sure where they were. They but they decided they wanted to bomb Hollywood. Uh, you can't see Hollywood from the ocean, but okay, it's a movie anyway. So, um, they they're getting ready. They figure out what they're gonna do. They start to go down. As they're all going back into the sub, as it starts to go back underwater, uh, one of the Japanese guys he kind he's looking around and he kind of looks up, but then he starts going down into the into the sub. But before he shuts the uh, the the door or whatever, he looks up and he sees that lady on still hanging on to the, uh, the top of the periscope. And then different times, everybody in this, there's racial slurs in this. Uh, dealing with Japanese people. Um, but this part was pretty funny. Uh, he kind of looks up, up into the sky. He sees her. He starts pointing at her. He's saying Hollywood, but he's going, Hollywood, Hollywood. And everybody, and then she, ah, the water starts coming into the sub and he pulls, they pull him down. They shut the door and then it goes underwater and, the lady that was hanging on to the thing, she ends up swimming off. She doesn't get killed by a shark. So, all right, now we're introduced to, um, what's his name? Uh, 
He is a dancer. Um, Wally Stevens. He played by Bobby DeSicco. We're, we're, we're introduced to him. And he's just a, a guy. Just uh, He's working at a, a kitchen. Him and his buddy. I can't remember his buddy's name. But they are just doing. They're like. There's, there's this big huge uh, dance contest. Uh, there's the, the big USO dance. But it's for the, the military. Um, and, but they still want to go in there. He is in love with, what was her name? I just, I just saw her too. When I was going through all these names and everybody, uh, Diane K. Her name was Betty Douglas. He was, um, trying to get with her. Oh, his buddy, uh, Dennis, he was played uh, by Perry Lang. So those two guys, they were working in some little just greasy spoon cafe. And there's a bunch of soldiers in there. This one we uh, we we meet it like Treat Williams, Dan Aykroyd, and his gang, and everybody. And there's there's a lot again. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of people in this. Uh, but Treat Williams' character, he is Corporal Chuck Stretch, uh, Star- Starsky. I think that's how you say his name. He um he's trying to get at Donna or not Donna um the Betty. But uh, she ain't, no, no, he was trying to get her, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. He tried to get her her lady. But anyway, he doesn't like, uh, Treat Williams' character doesn't like eggs and all this hoopla is going on in the diner and then he gets kind of gets a um, small little, uh, some egg, some egg yolk on him and then it turns into a big old fight. Uh, Dan Ackroyd kind of jumps up and goes, look, man, he goes, I don't like Americans fighting Americans. There are enemies out there. And uh, I won't stand for it. So they're kind of like, ah, okay, whatever. So they kind of, they, they get moving and everything. And then, all right, this is, jump to a different scene. This is when we are introduced to United States Army Air Force's Captain Wild Bill Kelso. Uh, widely cruises through his, th- cru- cruises his, okay, this is what, it, his, is it a Curtis P-40 Warhawk? I think that's the name of his uh, his airplane. I love this scene. Uh, we see John Belushi in there and he's just trying to figure out where it's, he's trying to go and everything. But the scenery shot of him just flying through the air and everything and him just doing all kinds of crazy little spins and all that. He's him just being wild and everything. But the cinematography of this is is awesome. There's no this is all before CGI. So it is a real airplane flying in the air. But the other things that I loved about this film is when there's uh when we get to stuff towards the end of the film it's all models like practical effects uh which is pretty awesome so he's flying around he's trying to f- figure out where he's supposed to go uh he says yeah his warhawk around the western states to search for japanese forces leaving the chaos in his wake meanwhile in los angeles major joseph uh w stillwell attempts to calm the public who believe japan will attack california during a press conference at Daughtry Field in Long Beach. All right, yeah. So we kind of see uh, we see uh, uh, Bill Kelso, Wild Bill Kelso, flying around. He makes a funny scene. He stops at this gas station out in the middle of the desert somewhere, and uh, that he needs them to gas him up. I, I loved it because he just rolls right up to the pump, and then they go, "Hey, man, fill it up." And then the guy was like, "Where?" He does not fill an, an airplane. He goes into the into the little general store. He just starts grabbing things, 
to put in his pockets and everything. And he's in there and he, he's got his stogie hanging out of his mouth. And he, he's just like, yeah, somebody on the radio goes, yeah, they're talking about there's a, there's Japanese, uh, or there, there might be an attack uh, along the coast. And he's like, where, what are you talking about? Who said that? And one of the guys sitting there eating goes, oh, that radio said it right there. And then he, he gets mad and pulls out his sidearm and shoots the radio. And he's like, he says he's been chasing these uh, Japanese forces as he's flying through. He was chasing them, but then he lost them somewhere over Death Valley or whatever he says. So he's uh, as he's talking to these guys, um, his plane is still outside and it's it's running. The propellers and everything's still going. Uh, some I assume the vibration or whatever, the brake got loose and it starts riding away. So he's like, ah, he goes running after it and he's shooting his gun in the air. Come back. He's running after his plane. Uh, as he's as he shoots his uh, gun into the air, it hits uh, a telephone pole. Uh, gas is spilling all over the place because I think the, the wing or something hit one of the gas pumps. So as he's running, the whole gas blows up. I assume everybody that was in that little cafe got out before the explosion. But anyway, it's it's comedy. So he gets in his plane and and he takes off. And then, yeah, this is when we get Stillwell. He's trying to, uh, the news and everybody's telling everyone, yeah, there's there might be some attacks. But he's saying, don't worry about it. There isn't. Uh, we're fine. We're, we're all right. We're, we got uh, all our forces along the California coast. And we're ready for him if there's going to be another attack. If you've ever been to San Francisco to, I believe it was Fort or not Fort or I'm sorry, uh, Fort Miley. I, I just know Fort Miley because we used to go up there and skate uh, those banks. I don't know. I don't know that much. I guess I can look it up. Uh, Fort Miley or Fort. Other than it is a cool place to skateboard. Still, uh, I've been skating there since I was a kid. Uh, the Fort Mil- Fort Miley military military reservation. Um, I want to say they put it up. Uh, I guess it was there in 1934, and there's like some. Um, I assume they were gun bunkers th- there, and that's what we're. That's what the. Every, that's what we skate uh, now. Because um, okay, it was during World War II, 1937. The army decided that 12 inch. Uh, batteries such as the Chester should be abandoned when the harbor defenses couldn't. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, today it's just a national park and a bunch of skateboarders and everyone go up there and skate. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff along uh, the coast uh, just in case uh, for another invasion. Uh, I guess they could use it if there's another invasion, but I, I don't know. I don't know my history, everyone. But anyway, so that's what they were telling everyone that they're everyone were fine. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, we're introduced to uh, Nancy Allen's character, Donna Stratton, and what was that guy's name? Tim Matheson, Captain Loomis, or Burkhead. He's just, he's a man, and he's trying to get uh, Donna, uh, Nancy Allen's character, because he knew her from, I don't know, some other time, but she, the word, the rumor was that she, uh, what gets her hot is if you get in, get her into an airplane and get up in the air because they were saying that there's rumors that she's never she's never made it on the ground. She's only made it in the air. So he was trying to get her in that airplane and try to simulate something, but that wasn't happened. They accidentally bumped something and this bomb 
falls out of the uh, out of the airplane and rolls over to the press conference and blows up as everyone gets out of there. Again, it's just a slapstick comedy type of thing. So anyway, so they're preparing to just just in case there, there's an invasion. Um, Ned Beatty's family that lives along the coast. Uh, Ned Beatty and Lorraine Gray, his wife, uh, the Douglases, Ward and Joan Douglas. Uh, their daughter is, um, not, is it Donna? No, not Donna. Um, the one chick that, uh, Treat, um, Treat Williams was trying to get, uh, Betty Douglas. That's their daughter. But Wally is in love with her. The guy that works that was dancing at the little Greasy Spoon Cafe. He's trying to, they're, Wally's trying to get with her as well. She likes Wally, but. And, and all this. But anyway, so the Dan Aykroyd and the gang, they roll up to uh, the Douglas's house and they want to put an anti-aircraft. Uh, it says, OK, uh, Sergeant Tree and his crew arrive to inform Warden Joan that the army wants to install an anti-aircraft battery. What is that? Let me see. Hmm. I guess it's, it was it was a big cannon, basically. Uh, and they, they kind of set it up into the yard and then they want to, uh, he's showing them how, how to do it in just in case. And he's got, um, I think he gave him an instruction manual and he's like, look, don't, you don't need it, but just in case we want to put it here because they have a house that's just right on, on these, on the cliffs of the coast. So it's got a good view, high view, uh, of the ocean. So they, if they need, if they need to, they can shoot at uh, the the Japanese and everything as, as they're coming to invade. So uh, we're we're, we're kind of dealing with that and everything, and then we get to uh, the Japanese sub. They finally kind of realize that they find it. Um, oh, this is when we're introduced to Slim Pickens, uh, his character. What was his name? Um... I can't remember. Oh, he was a uh, Hollis Wood. Uh, it, that's what his name was. His name was Hollis Wood. So when the the Japanese, uh, some of them get to shore and they're, it's funny because they're all dressed up like trees. So they're kind of all just hiding, camouflaging themselves, and uh, they know they're supposed. To, they're trying to get Hollywood, so they kind of just sent some guys. Uh, onto the land so they end up uh, here comes slim pickens he's driving down the road i think he's just like some salvage guy because it says hollis wood on the side of his truck so they end up capturing him and they take him back uh, to the sub to try to tell him to or no try to uh see what because they were saying we, we need to get hollywood so all that all they saw on the side of his truck was was hollis wood so they took him so they got him onto the sub he, they're down there interrogating him, and he's there. One of them kind of speaks English, and they're they're talking about. And he's like, they're like, yeah. He's like Hollywood, and he went, yeah, that's me. And he's like, they're looking at him. He's like Hollywood, and he goes, yeah, that's my name, Hollis Wood. So he's like, huh. so one of them pulls out a map and puts it out onto the table, and then he points at it, Hollywood. And he went, oh, Hollywood, that's what you, why don't you guys tell, say so? So he's like, Hollywood's right. He was about to point it, and then he stopped. And then he's like, 
uh, he kind of realizes that like they want they want to know where Hollywood is again. Their their navigation system is all they had a big huge compass in there, and that wasn't working. So, so he's like he didn't want to tell him. But as they were, um, they kind of strip searched him and they took all his stuff. Uh, they they had uh, just I don't know like a little buck knife and some this and that cigarettes or chewing tobacco or whatever. But they had a, a box of Cracker Jacks. And uh, for those of you that don't know anything about Cracker Jacks, do they still sell Cracker Jacks? I, I don't know. I, I, hardly, I used to eat it a lot when I was a little kid. Uh, and you only bought it for, I mean, I love popcorn, first of all. Uh, caramel popcorn, I'll eat it if it's there. Oh, excuse me. But um, for those of you that don't know, Cracker Jacks came with, uh, it was a little box. And it also came with a little prize inside. So when they opened it up, I think he called it uh, Caramel Jacks or something. I, I can't remember what he, he didn't say. Cracker Jacks. He called it something else. So what they did is when they uh, spilled it out, the little prize came out and it was wrapped up. So one of the Japanese soldiers opened it and, and it was a little small little compass. And they were like, oh, yeah. So I don't know how good those little things work, but it was at least it would help them kind of so they were like hey we got a compass and they're all speaking japanese and everything so uh slim pickens grabs it and swallows it and then they're like ah so they're trying to get it out so they're like uh well they first they were gonna they they threw him on the ground and one of them came with like a bayonet and he's like hey watch what you're doing with that so anyway so what they're trying to do there is um, they weren't going to kill him and cut him open and get it. So what they do is they gave him prune juice and they were then they forced him to drink it. To... I've eaten prunes and I've never, I guess I had eat, I didn't eat enough prunes to make it clean me out. And I've never, was never a fan of it, but um, I remember uh, my grandmother, she used to get commodity food out on the res and they'd have these canned uh the silver can for those of you that didn't know the the commodity foods if you live if you were out on the res any res um they gave us a bunch of food and everything so i remember having those can of prunes and uh, i remember my grandpa eating it and my uncles they loved it so i was like i'll give it a shot i ate a couple of them but uh there was canned prunes and then there was a bag of prunes i remember eating those thinking they were just big raisins but I only eat a few of them. Not a fan of them. I'll eat them if they're there, but I don't go out and buy them. Anyway, so they made him drink prune juice, and he was like, "It was." I, I guess it didn't do anything because he's in, in the the bathroom, and uh, and they were he, they had him sitting on the toilet, wanting him to go, and he goes, "How?" He goes, "How's a man supposed to go when when you got uh, all these soldiers with guns pointing at me?" So he goes, I need some privacy. See, they kind of all went out. So he's sitting there and he came up with a plan. He took his boots off and he uh, and he's like, he's in there starting to scream. Aah! We're on the outside with all the, the soldier, the little Japanese submarine guys. And he's screaming in there. So they figured that he's going number two. So. He throws his boot into the into the toilet. It's like a big splash. And then he's, ah, he gets the other one and throws it into the tub and then goes, Psh! and then he goes, ah, so they assume that he went. So they all go charging in there. They see his boots in the, um, uh, in the toilet. 
and they're looking down in it and they're like, where is he? Did he go into the toilet? They're not saying this is what the, just what you think they're saying. So one of them looks up and then he's, he's kind of hanging on to the ceiling. It's small in there. It's a sub. And he starts screaming. Ah, then all the Japanese guys are screaming. Then he just jumps down and just starts beating the hell out of all of them. And then he takes off and, uh, they're, they're not, they're not underwater. They're still kind of riding the top. So he finds his way. He gets up to, he goes up a few levels. He gets up into the bridge and then he gets up to the main one that goes out, uh, into the ocean. So right before he goes out, he goes, God bless America. Then he climbs up, he opens up the hatch and then he jumps out. And then he, I assume he makes it (laughs) out of there from what I remember. So, but all that's going on back on, uh, back on dry land. They're getting ready for this big USO dance. Um, there's, uh, singing going on all these soldiers, every branch of the military is there. There's a big, huge dance off type of thing. Uh, Wally's trying to get into it. He's all dressed up in his zoot suit, but you can't get into it unless you're uh military. So he kind of. I think he knocked out some dude uh, and he took his uniform and made it in so he can get into this dance contest. And Betty's in there, so he's end up dancing with her. Treat Williams sees it. Oh, what's her name is in this? Um, What the heck was her name? Um, Is this her? Uh, nope, that's not her. Uh, oh, Wendy Jo Spearber. She plays Maxine. Uh, rest in peace. She's been in a bunch of things. Uh, I loved her in a bachelor party anyway. So she's hanging out with, uh, with Betty in there. And then she treat Williams's characters trying to get, uh, Betty and Maxine is in love with him. She keeps trying to get him. And then all of a sudden, uh, this big, uh, brawl breaks out. So they're inside the dance and everything, but then, um, I can't remember. I think Treat Williams was uh, was Army, and I think Wally was dressed up as either Navy or Marine. I I can't I can't remember. Um, oh, his buddy got in. Uh, his other buddy that, that was in there, he uh, he got somebody's. Um, uh, Navy outfit. So he's in there dancing around, hanging out with, with all the girls as well. Let me see. Wendy's neighbor. Ground corpse clown. Oh, okay. So all that's going on as well. And down there, but this is all before the big uh, fight happens. Um, there's, uh, uh, what's his name? Eddie Deason and, um, the guy played, uh, Murray Hamilton, his name is Claude, and Eddie Deason is Herbie. They go to this amusement park uh, that's like on, on um, a big amusement park along the coast. Uh, there's a big, long pier. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to put uh, Claude and Herbie up onto the uh, the Ferris wheel and then raise them to the top, and they were going to be like a lookout. So if they see anything... Um, let them know so they're up there they both have rifles uh um claude is scared of heights so he's trying not to look down 
Uh, Eddie Deason, hilarious. He he's just I, I love him in just about everything that he pops up in. I believe he was in was it Dexter's Lab? He was in. I think he was one of the voices. I don't know if you Dexter's Lab guys that watch that show. So they're up there uh, watching uh, and looking uh, out there and everything and all kinds of craziness. And um, Herbie has his little um, uh, man, not mannequin, uh, ventriloquist dummy. He's got that with him. And they're kind of just sitting there hanging out. All right, back in Hollywood, all this is going on. Um, I'm kind of just trying to hurry and get through this. Um, Tim Matheson's uh, character, uh, he is, they're, okay, they're saying that, um, again, they're getting all these, um, reports that there's Japanese, uh, air forces in, in the air that, that they, people keep spotting. So they're like, all right. And he goes, well, we need to get out to, I think it was Bakersfield or Barstow. They needed to get out to Barstow to try to, uh, get a message to, uh, some guy that's way out there. If you guys seen Stripes, uh, the guy that played uh, Sergeant Hulka, it was him, his character. I can't remember his name in this, but they're trying to get uh, someone over there to tell them that, hey man, just calm down. There's there's no Japanese in the air, but they think there is. So what? Um, oh, um, Wild Bill, he ends up landing there, and they they think he is. Is the Japanese? So they're all they're kind of hiding and they're getting ready to shoot him. But then he comes out and uh, they all they find out that he's an American. So he's like, "Yeah, so what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, I, I just lost some uh, some Japanese at Air Force." He says some things that he, and I don't want to repeat on the show about Japanese derogatory stuff about them. Uh, uh, John Belushi's character, so. Uh, there was a lot of that type of uh, racial slurs towards Japanese in, in this film. Anyway, um, so he's he kind of gets there and he I guess he refuels and everything so he so he can get back up in the air. And in that um, he's only Sergeant Hulk in my eyes. <laughs> he kind of tells him he's like, all right, man, we'll get back up in the air and uh, and hope you be safe. So he's like, all right. So before he takes off, he, um, Sergeant Hulk, I, I don't know his name uh, in this, but he's like, let me hear your guns. And Wild Bill's like, what? And he goes, let me hear your guns. So he just starts firing his guns while he's on the ground and starts shooting things and things start falling apart. So he gets excited and yeah, he takes off. So um, Tim Matheson's character, um, what the heck was his name? I'm sorry. I want to say Loomis or something. Yeah, Loomis. That was his first. Captain Loomis uh, Burkhead. They're trying to get to where Sergeant Holka is to... Uh, okay, he's... I'm sorry. Uh, Warren Oates is uh, Sergeant Holka from Stripes. He's Colonel Madman Maddox. All right. So they're trying to get to Colonel Maddox to tell them to slow your roll. There ain't, there ain't no Japanese guys out here. So, but they were saying that, yeah... Um, somebody needs to go there and tell him because I guess no one's answering. Oh, I think that he, when, uh, wild Bill shot his, shot his guns, I think he shot down like the radio tower or something because <laughs> they said they were trying to get a hold of him, but they couldn't. So, um, Burkhead and, uh, Donna, Donna Stratton, Nancy Allen's character. They're like, all right, well, you guys get in this plane and, and fly out there. So, but this plane, they're like, Hey man, you can use this plane, but they ain't got no radio or anything. So I was like, all right. But then, you know, uh, Burkhead, he's just trying to get 
uh, Donna up in the air so he can have his way with her. So they finally get up into the air and she, yeah, like like the rumor's saying, she's starting to get all excited. She's making out with him, attacking him. Here he is trying to fly. And then all of a sudden, he uh, here comes Wild Bill. He comes flying after him. They see him. And they're, uh, when he's flying, uh, Burkhead is flying over that base where uh, Madman Maddox is. Uh, again, they know he's got no radio, so he can't radio him and let them know the, what's going on. So they just immediately think he's a Japanese airplane. So they they start shooting at him, and Wild Bill's flying after him, and they're ah, it's it's just an awesome scene. Uh, again, practical effects. It's all models uh, of these airplanes flying in the air. So he's chasing them, and he ends up chasing him over Hollywood, and it's it's an it's an amazing scene because these planes are just flying over the buildings and everything. And again, practical effects, it's all models. And just the music of the score of John Williams is is getting you all juiced and excited and everything. It's funny, though, because when uh, uh, Tim Matheson's character is trying to to get um, Nancy Allen, uh, they were kind of going at it for a minute. But then when uh, Wild Bill was coming after him and when they were realizing they were getting shot at, she kind of like snapped out of it and then took over. She was a pilot, so she knew how to fly that plane. So she was just doing spins. And it's funny, though, because um, Tim Matheson's character, he's in the back. It's kind of like basically a hollowed out airplane. There's only just the, the two seats uh, for the pilot and the co-pilot in the front. So I assume they just had the, an old plane and they just spun it. Or I don't know, maybe they were in the air when they filmed this but anyway the plane is spinning because it's it's uh, wild bills chasing him and uh tim matheson's character is in the back going ah he's starting to spin with the plane so i, I don't know how they shot that scene but it's funny it's hilarious so he goes flying they're flying all that's going on then we go back to the uso all the soldiers are into a big old fight and they're all fighting each other. It's it's hilarious and it's funny. But then all of a sudden it kind of spills out into the street. And all these all these soldiers, everyone kind of just breaks up into their own little small little units. You got the Navy here, the Marines here, the Army here, and everybody. And then they ah start fighting. And just before they start fighting, here comes uh, Dan Aykroyd and his gang. They come rolling up in a tank. And then he just fires his gun in the air and he gives this big speech like, yeah, he goes, come on, you guys need to knock it off. You can't be doing this. We're Americans. The, the, the fight is out there. And he gives them this big old speech to hype everyone up. And he goes, we're Americans and all this. And everyone's like, yeah, USA. And all of a sudden, here's the air raid noises because of Wild Bill and um, what the hell is Tim Matheson's character? I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Burkhead, they because they're flying in the air. Um, also on top of the buildings, there's uh military gun hardware up there, big cannons and every, everything up. This is when we, uh, Lenny and Squeaky. That's all I see when I see those two guys. They're uh they're manning one of the guns, so they're flying through there and they're all up there. And all of a sudden the air raid sign goes off. So they're like, all right, this is it, everyone getting everyone just ah, all the soldiers go running. Uh, in different directions to try to hide and everything or get back to where they need to be because they're getting ready to, uh, for what well, they all think for war. So all of a sudden, uh, the planes are flying through the air. 
Uh, the guys on the roofs are shooting those cannons at him. There's just explosions all over the place. And back at the uh, the Ferris wheel, they're sitting there and they see the, uh, the Japanese submarine off in the, there's the, the, the moons out there so they could see it. And they're like, uh, this, there it is. It's a sub. It's a Japanese sub. Also back on the coast at the Douglas house, Ned Beatty sees it. And he's because he's looking out the back of his um, uh, his balcony that looks over the ocean, and he sees that Japanese sub. So he's like, ah, oh, he just got invasion. The Japanese see that house, so they kind of they forget it's Hollywood. They just see this house and all the lights. So they load up their cannons and they start shooting um, bull or missiles or whatever at the Douglas house, and they're ah so. Uh, Ned Beatty, he runs and gets into that gun. He's trying to figure out, uh, cause when they were telling him how to do it, they go, never do this, never pull this switch back, never crank this. So he's trying to remember how to do it. He gets it all loaded and he's ready. And then he starts to, um, try to get it to where he can aim it at the, at the sub, that little uh, target thing that's on the side that he looks through. He's got it, the submarine, like dead in center, but the barrel of the gun is facing towards his house so when he shoots it it would shoot through the house and then at the sub so his wife's like ah i don't shoot it so he's like i gotta i gotta i gotta defend america so he he shoots that big cannon and it's funny because he didn't have the the gun bolted down to the dirt or whatever and he just goes ah he goes rolling backwards and crashes into the garage and they're like come on help me get this thing back out there so they roll it back out there he loads it up again shoots at the submarine um it doesn't hit it but it's it, it kind of blows up in front of the the sub and they start shooting more missiles at them and oh um they uh the guy that put the dudes up in the um the ferris wheel like, he's like oh shit and those guys are up on the ferris wheel go go back over to the to to the pier and, and let them down so they send one of the little kids over there and he goes down and they're like hey and he goes get us down because uh, those guys are up on the roof or on the Ferris wheel, and they're, they're they got little hunting rifles, and they're tsh, tsh, they're shooting at the sub. I don't know if it would reach, but anyway, so they're shooting at him. the The Japanese sub sees those guys shooting at him, so they start firing uh, missiles, uh, rockets, or whatever at the Ferris wheel because it's all lit up. Because they're on it, they're like, "Oh shit, man!" They could see us because it uh, the lights on the Ferris wheel. So they start, they start shooting. The Japanese are shooting stuff at them. They're like, ah! And then all of a sudden, uh, when that little kid shows up, and they're like, um, he's like, just turn the switch so we can get down. And he's like, what switch? He just starts pulling things. And then the Ferris wheel starts going. And they're, ah! And, it starts, and then it, uh, the missile hits uh, one of the, the things on the side that holds it up. So the Ferris wheel is like out of control. It's spinning super fast. And they're, ah! screaming and it starts to wobble again an awesome effect because it's all practical and that if you've been to universal studios i don't think they have it there anymore but they had that set with the ferris wheel when you i think it was like when you went into one of their one of the tours you rolled into this uh, or you know you walked into this one room and you saw the big uh, ferris wheel that they used in the film i don't think it's there anymore this was back when i was a kid in the early 80s so the the Ferris wheel's out of control. They they hit um, 
one side of it, it starts to like swivel like side to side and as it's still turning. Then they shoot the other side and then it just falls off off the little uh the little thing that's holding it up and it starts rolling. And it's rolling straight down this pier. And uh, they're still on it going, ah, as it's just rolling down this pier, hella, hella just slow. And the Japanese are still they're shooting at it. Well, first, they were happy because they hit it. And when it started rolling, and then it got all the way to the end of the pier and then rolled into the water. So all, all the Japanese guys are, yeah, have their hands in the air. They're hooting and hollering. And uh, they figured that was, so they didn't, they thought it was Hollywood they were shooting at, but they didn't know. They, they don't know where they are. So they figure that well, we can go back to Japanese uh, with honor. So while that's going on, uh, back in Hollywood when the airplanes are flying around, um, who was it? Uh, Burkhart, Captain, uh, Tim Mathis' character, his airplane gets shot, uh, and then uh, it goes crashing, and they're ah, uh, they're they're out of control, and it goes crashing into the um, La Brea tar pits. And it crashes into the into the tar, and then when they kind of open it up and they see the dinosaurs, I've never been there, but I've always seen pictures and everything. The dinosaurs are right there. Uh, they they, they kind of start screaming. Uh, Donna and Burkhart look at each other, then they just start going at it, and that's the last we see of them. So um, when the when Wild Bill's flying through, and they were still sh- all shooting at him too. He's like, I'm American, you assholes. And then he's like, fuck, I better get out of here. But before he can get away, one of them, one of them, they could get shot. So he's like, ah, so he's out of control. And I love this scene. It's just that airplane is flying down on Hollywood Boulevard, I assume. And then it just crash lands. It lands like he lands it on on the street, but it just goes skidding down uh, Hollywood Boulevard or whatever street they're on. And then he just kind of stops, and he's like, "Oh, he kind of he's laying there, uh, in his uh, in his plane." And somebody kind of runs up to him to check on him. Um, at this point, it, I think it did. I don't even think it had like an American flag or anything on the side of it. Everyone just assumed it was a Japanese airplane. So some soldier runs up to him and tries to check on him, and he just he wakes up and clocks him in the face, and he gets out of his. Uh, out of the cockpit. It's on the ground. And he climbs out. He's like, ah, he doesn't know what's going on. He's all dizzy. He gets onto the wing of the plane. He's got his parachute on. He's like, Geronimo. And then he jumps off and pulls the, the his parachute. And then kind of the wind kind of carries him. And he goes flying. Oh, I think when uh, Dan Ack... No. Uh, oh, before... While they were all flying in the air. When Dan Ack and those guys... Um, they all got in the tank... Uh, he got not he got he got knocked out by something. I can't remember something hit him in the head, so he was kind of knocked all loopy. And uh, John Candy and that one black guy, uh, Frank McRae, uh, Private Ogden Johnson Jones. I think there was a couple other guys in in the tank. Um, they're all like ah. So Dan Aykroyd's being all wacky and crazy in there. Um, Wally is in the tank with them, and they're like yeah, let's do this. I think they had Betty as well in there with them. And uh, when they were shooting things in the air and everything, uh, they shot some Santa Claus. And it, when uh, Wild Bill jumped out of his, well, jumped off of the wing of his plane, it was only like maybe a foot off the ground. He, the this old, this Santa Claus falls from this, like a big giant hollow Santa Claus with the head gone. It falls and lands on top of him. But he ends up crawling out of it. Um, 
Oh, uh, Stillwell. He was there. Um, he didn't want to go to the USO dance. He wanted to go see um, Dumbo that was playing in, in one of the theaters there before everything, before all hell broke loose. So he kind of comes out, out of the theater and is like, all right, what's going on here? And um, Wild Bill comes up and goes, yeah, Wild Bill Kelso, sir. And he says, he, I shot down a, a Japanese plane. And all, and all these guys, oh, this guy's nuts. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, yeah, man, I would have got more. But uh, I know I got him. He he crashed somewhere. <laughs> so they're like, all right, man. So they kind of, he's there kind of telling, goes, all right, well, there's uh, rumors that there's more coming. So Wild Bill gets steal somebody's motorcycle and takes off. Back at the Douglas house, they were still shooting uh, at the sub. And then also with the, the Ferris wheel and everything. But once Japan and all them realized that um oh no 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 okay but before J- wild bill took off he heard something still on those guys saying goes yeah man we heard there's a japanese sub by uh, uh off the coast of santa monica uh off the pier so he's like so wild bill hears that and that's when he clocks somebody on, on a motorcycle and takes it and goes heading towards uh santa monica so he goes hauling ass over there and he sees it and he he sees the sub and then he just kind of eh, jumps into the water and I assume swam all the way to the sub before it took off. And before it took off, they, when they shot the Ferris wheel, they figured, all right, we can go back to Japan uh, with honor. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Lee's character, the, the Nazi guy. He kept screaming at those guys uh, in, I assume, German. And they, they got tired of him and they kind of just threw him off the side of the of the submarine. So, But when Wild Bill made it to the sub, he climbed in. And got down and he was on the bridge. He crawled back in before it uh, went underwater. And he goes, he goes, this is Wild Bill Kelso. <laughs> what did he say? Take me to Tokyo. He jumped in. He goes, yeah, I'm Wild Bill. Take me to Tokyo. So, and then they all kind of just look at him and turn the guns on him. And I assume, I don't know if they killed him or if he got, or if they took him to Tokyo or whatever. But the Japanese all got in their sub and rolled out. So the everything the 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 whole night of just them fighting nobody. Well, I guess they were the Douglas ones that were the and the, and the guys on the Ferris wheel the ones that were engaging the Japanese sub. Everyone else was fighting the the two American airplanes that were in the air. Because we go back to the USO, there's bodies laying all over the place because everyone they got knocked out and everything. And there's a guy doing a radio show talking. He goes, "Ah, oh, it was a crazy night." We go back. Uh, outside, or we go up to the Douglas house. Uh, it's morning. Everybody's laying, sleeping outside, and the the tank is there. Wally is there. Everybody, and they're just like, oh man, they woke up like, oh man, what the hell? This is this is awesome. But then Ward uh, Douglas, Ned Beatty's kind of like, all right, man, we did it. We defended America, and this isn't gonna ruin our Christmas. Other than there's the bullet cannon holes in the side of their house and everything. One part was funny because when uh, he shot the when he shot the cannon and went through his house, and it brought uh, he had a bunch of little kids there with him, and they were he was like you guys need to get upstairs. So all those kids are like oh man. So they went they were sleeping they went upstairs into their room and when he shot uh, that cannon through the house it just brought the second floor all the way down into the living room. And those little kids are on the bed. They go, it comes crashing down. And those kids go bouncing on the bed. 
and they're like, wow, that was fun. Let's do it again. And just, it was a bunch of little slapsticky kids in this movie in that house. But everybody just, they survived. Everyone was happy. Um, Douglas Ward goes, all right, this just because we had to fight, defend America, this isn't going to ruin our Christmas. So he goes up and takes uh, the, the wreath and he's na- nailing it to the door, front door of his house as he's nailing it. The house all of a sudden just goes and falls off the cliff and goes crashing down the hill. And then it's like, fuck it. <laughs> There's nothing they can do. And that's pretty much uh, the end of your movie because we get an awesome helicopter shot and John Williams scores playing the movie out and, and everything. But yeah, this, this movie is awesome. It was streaming on, if you had YouTube Premium, it was streaming there. It doesn't look like it's streaming anywhere anymore. I think it was on Netflix for a minute. I have the Blu-ray. Plus, I've seen this movie a billion times. But I love this movie. And again, it happened during the holidays uh, and everything. So, uh, they didn't want to say, yeah. Because he said, you know, this isn't going to ruin our Christmas. I mean, this was weeks before uh, Christmas and everything. But it was they were all gearing up and they were getting ready for, for Christmas and everything. So, but this movie was pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, it was, the budget was 35 million and that's a lot, especially for 79, uh, and a boxed off is 94.9 million. So it made its budget back and a little extra, but this movie's uh, hilarious. Let me see. Okay. The next, this is the last paragraph of Wikipedia. The next morning, Stillwell and soldiers arrive at the remains of the Douglas home where there are other protagonists have gathered. Ward vows that their Christmas will not be ruined by the enemy and symbolizes uh, his point as he nails a Christmas wreath to the front door, causing his unstable house to collapse down the hillside. Stillwell, observing the disheveled crowd, urging, tells Sergeant Tree, it's going to be a long war. And then that was the end of your movie. But this movie is hilarious. I love it. Um, If you haven't seen it, uh, seek it out, rent it. I'm sure you can rent it to where wherever you rent movies, YouTube, Amazon, whatever. But if you love Steven Spielberg, you probably already seen this film. But if you if this is one of the ones you haven't seen, this one's good. It didn't. A lot of people don't talk about this movie for some reason. I, I've always loved it. I, I saw it. Uh, my brother and I went and seen it in the theater, and um, I just Steven Spielberg that and John Belushi. We loved him. So that was probably the main reason that, that I wanted to see it and didn't didn't really realize what the movie was about until uh, we watched the whole thing. But once it did its cable run, I was always watching it and everything. I have it on DVD. I have it on VHS. I think my VHS is somewhere and everything. But this movie is awesome. Definitely check it out uh, if I sold it to you. Um, there, I kind of skimmed through it. There's a lot more that was going on in this film, but it, it's hilarious. I highly recommend this film. But... All right, everyone, that's it. This episode, come back for more. Still got a few more episodes for you, so but be safe out there. And with that, uh, party on. Party on.